Captain's Log Supplemental. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Welcome to the Human X Podcast. I'm Peter. I'm smooth like honey. <laughs> You're smooth like honey starring Jennifer Lawrence. Lopez. Whatever her name is. That was smooth, J-Lo. Corey. Yeah. yeah, I'm not as smooth. You just named three actresses before you got one right. Yeah, Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Yeah. Smooth like that, honey. I don't know. I got Hunger Games on my brain. Why? Why not? <laughs> Can't argue with that four-year-old logic. <laughs> well, I guess if you're going to outsmart us. Yeah. It's like... Uh, Rain on your wedding day? Yeah. <laughs> Free advice when you've already paid? Oh, good advice. Uh, no free, because... You paid. No, so. good advice that you did just didn't take. It's a free ride oh. when you've already paid. Oh. Okay. Well, we'll get into music later, I guess. Yeah. But I don't think we're going to get into <laughs> Alanis Morissette. I'd like to. <laughs> Down, boy. <laughs> so, in the news. Good news, everyone. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings finished production. It's going into post-production now. Yeah. I think the uh, comic book is on issue three. Yeah, I mean, they were probably planning on, you know, the comic coming out at around the time the movie was going to come out. So that way they could capitalize on the increased interest in the character from the movie, but is what it is. Yeah, so everybody doesn't go who? Which is what everybody's doing right now. Yeah. They leaked Baron Zemo from Falcon and the Winter Soldier in his pop form. And he's wearing the purple ski mask. Yep. Guess if you're going to be a Baron, you should wear a mask like a Baron. Speaking of Funkos, though, Scooby-Doo with Scooby Snacks exclusive pop has launched. (laughs) And he's adorable. (laughs) Who wants a Scooby Snack? Oh, okay, so it's not like the cereal where they actually put Scooby Snacks in with the pop. The pop is him with Scooby Snacks. Yes. Oh, okay. When you said that, I assumed it was going to be like the pop cereals that... You know, you get your own uh, cardboard-tasting Scooby Snacks. I've got more than my share of Funko cereal boxes. We shared uh, the Stitch one just last week. Who's a good Scooby-Doo? You're a good Scooby-Doo. So if you're wondering where Scooby-Doo is, he is a Hot Topic exclusive. He's adorable. (laughs) In other comic book news, apparently comic shops are regularly breaking street dates now. Huh? 
It's anarchy. Yeah. DC dropped Diamond Comics when they went into shutdown. DC set up with two new distributors, Midtown and Lunar. They also moved their on-sale date to Tuesday, and many retailers started getting these comics the previous week when Diamond returned. The fee for mystery shoppers was dropped, and the service went away. So they don't get in trouble for breaking street date, so why maintain it? That's what it comes down to. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do if you break the street date? for a comic are you going to well, like buy every copy of it and sell them on the black market I think part of it was to prevent spoilers from getting out mm-hmm. you know you couldn't sell it two days before someone else was going to get going to be getting it but yeah Corey if it's a hot comic someone can buy all the copies of it and throw it on eBay right away you know it's kind of bizarre <laughs> but well, yeah, I mean, where are they going to find these spoilers though it's not like comic book collectors read <laughs> my thing is like all these comic book shops that have their own like CBR all your different comic book resources online once they get the comics in and the comic book people read them and then post them to their blogs or their mm-hmm. Facebooks or anything else they're already getting the advanced on it anyway Yeah. and the press releases basically tell you how the story arc's gonna end anymore when DC and Marvel announce their stuff yeah so, yeah, literally, what's the point anymore? There's no surprise in comic books anymore. I it's mean, always for, a surprise for me. I don't read any when, of the press. Yeah, when's the last time you bought, uh, like, you pull, did a pull? Uh, my last pull was Justice League number one, New 52. Okay. And how far behind are you on most of the story arcs right now? By reading just the summaries online. Not very. I mean, you just kind of get a feel for what it is, and you know, you know, you you read the one summary that you know something horrible happened to so and so. Next summary for the next one, you find out what it is. So, you know, if it was like a cliffhanger or something like that, so yeah, it's it's not really not like it used to be when you collected comics. No, no, because the only thing you had was you could get a copy of previews, which is what they used to order online every the comic retailers used to order right it wasn't like you know you're gonna go online the day the comic you know comes out and know the whole story or anything like that yeah that's what i'm getting at yeah was that coherent i'm not sure if it was the internet has spoiled comics coherent in cambria yeah well that'd be later that's incoherent in cambria (laughs) so titan season three promo teases the red hood arrival and I guess so. Look, Jason Todd's there, looking all freaked out. Yep. And the first episode comes out on ten twenty six twenty. Hey, wait. That's a trailer, though. Oh. Hinting at the arrival of a new trailer. Not the new series. I was going to say there's something else coming out right about that time. The malnutrition was that show that Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> We can't talk about The Mandalorian yet. It's coming. It shall be here. Uh, Star Trek Cisco reportedly in the works at CBS with Avery Brooks. Throw it against the wall and see if it sticks, Marge. Eh, Um, I mean, there are fans who like Cisco. 
Yeah, but it just seems like they're throwing everything now. You know, Picard worked. Let's throw that. Throw Janeway somewhere. Um, this week, past two days, was just announced there's going to be a Picard, well, not quite a, a prequel, but you're going to have a show with Riker and Troy. What happened to them after um, Next Generation? Well, people That's in the works, that. too, yeah. But it just seems like, you know... They're just throwing everything out there, boom, 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 while the while the iron is hot, they're striking. I'm waiting for the Wharf all Klingon Wharf hour every mm. week. The Wharf comedy hour? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like Sonny and Cher comedy hour way back when. Yeah, musical guest stars, you know. Except it's going to include Batlets. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and he's going cleaning to kill the blood off the stage, guests. yes. Um, the Klingon yeah. opera channel. I mean, we're getting a new show announced or rumored, what, every month, every other month at this point yeah. right now? That's what I mean. It's like, you know. I mean, there's they're... like three people who watch Star Trek. They're all in this room. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's four because there's one upstairs. No, no, no. Even in this house, there's only three. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Discovery is also... One of the titles for this season is Unification 3. Um, if people recall, Unification 1 and 2 was a two-part Next Generation episode um, where they go looking for Spock because he's supposedly on Romulus somewhere. They think he's a traitor. Um, he's actually working with the underground to overthrow the Romulan government. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's... They're saying the story is rumored that Burnham is looking to find out what happened to Spock. So, you know, hey, let's get that, uh, you know, nostalgia thing going like Lower Decks does every week and throw a title in there that, ooh, that sounds familiar. I may want to watch that, they say. Just while, before I drop this little piece of information that we're talking about, they are talking about doing a full-blown DS9 reboot additionally. Reboot or just new series? It's going reboot. to be bought by Sheets. Why would they want to reboot? Or well, Loves. It'll probably be like DS9 2. It's. Or Flying J. They've already heard from Sirik Lefton, who was Cisco's son Jake. Yeah. And he's already confirmed that he will reoccur his role and he'll be co star. So it looks like he'll be playing a much more serious role. In the new series. He's going to be the branch manager for the Flying J. <laughs> These are I, truck stops. Could it be yeah. DS nine point four? Yeah. <laughs> I just can't see them like rebooting the storyline. No, I, I'm sure they won't. They're just going to reboot the franchise. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like reboot the storylines. No, like yeah. Uh, Star Trek. If you started going back and retconning stuff and redoing it, yeah. people are going to riot. Yeah. I mean, that's why they're frantically scrambling to fix all the stuff they did in Discovery right now. Because they tweaked a couple of things that they shouldn't have tweaked, and people are ready to start stabbing writers. If any of you got the uh, DS9 DVD that came out recently, it was the reunion, uh, What We Left Behind. Um, was I it the refillable coffee cup? No, it wasn't. <laughs> um, just I'm such an ass down. sometimes. <laughs> um, 
basically, I forget which anniversary this would have been. Would it have been the 30th anniversary, I guess, somewhere around there, of DS9? Anyhow, yeah, um, right. yeah, it was maybe? it was kind of uh, more than 20. It was kind of a, like a 25? some of the actors getting back together, doing like a little remembrance of that. If they can remember anymore. That's be right. really old. Yeah. But they got some of the writers together, and they basically blocked out a couple of episodes for season eight, if there would have been a season eight, which was kind of interesting. So huh. just a little little bit there. Well, I guess there will be a season eight technically now. Technically, yeah. Let's see how many war crimes Cisco can make now. <laughs> His current record's three. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, in a galaxy far, far away, Ewan McGregor did a photo shoot and screen tests and everything, and he's re-wearing his original robes that he wore in episode three. So, he'll be Ooh. filming Kenobi in his uh, episode three outfit. Did they get the coffee stains out? Most likely, it's Disney. They can afford to have coffee stains removed. Yeah, they uh, pay for the coffee stains to get go on other clothing digitally. <laughs> digitally, yes. Digital coffee stain removal. Mm -hmm. Yes. I just want to point out that we but we get our all of our information, our news articles off the internet. Mm -hmm. Earlier today, I was having a conversation with Tammy about, oh, I need to buy my hoodie for this year because I haven't bought a hoodie yet this year. I currently have ads for hoodies. My laptop was downstairs. The only thing that could have hurt it was my phone. And when we got down here, Corey was talking about hats. There's your hat ad. That one's actually pretty nice. And it's the kind of hat you wear, too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we have to do the ultimate test. Yeah, I kind of like it. <laughs> so next week, um, we'll pick, like, three really off-the-wall items and see if they show up on the news feed. Um, condoms, maxi pads, and dental floss. How does that sound? Well, we really need to talk about dental floss. We really yeah. need to hype up that dental floss. Because the condoms and maxi pads. These are like three <laughs> items that you buy at a grocery store to freak out the clerk. No, that's a toaster, a drain plug for the bathtub, and a loaf of bread. <laughs> Because you don't want it to be weird. You don't want them to yet. You don't want them to freak out when no. you, they get the toaster and the drain plug. Until you buy the liquid. We were talking bread. about toasters. You have to plug them in before you throw them in the bathtub with you. We talked about it, that earlier. It won't stay down if it's not plugged in. That's right. <laughs> I don't know how they do that. It's sorcery. It Or mechanical engineering. One of the two. Well, they're some kind of wizards. But, you know, any technology that's far enough advanced looks like... Indistinguishable yeah. from magic. Yeah. That's I've had a, a long that's a day. Toaster. Yeah, a toaster, yeah. <laughs> so if you live in Florida right now... You probably have COVID-19. <laughs> you can lease a Bugatti Chiron for $60,000 a month. Well, if you get the Chiron, does you get a He-Man with that too? Yes. And uh, Bugatti, it doesn't really matter. Why would you want a Bugatti? Because they no longer have the highest production speed record of any production vehicle anymore. Now a American company, Tutara, has it at 316 miles per hour. That's, vroom, that's getting vroom. close to mock speed, isn't it? The SSC Tutara. What's mock speed? I don't know. 
You Do should. I look like some kind of person who knows things? Actually. Car <laughs> person. Oh, car person. Like cars don't go mock speed. I have the internet. I Actually, got a rock. Uh, it's not approaching mock speed. Yeah, mock like speed is 767.269 miles per hour. So it's half mock. <laughs> 0.5 mock. Other cars mock it for not mock speeding. <laughs> this is deteriorated quickly. It always deteriorates quickly. There's something wrong with us mentally. <laughs> Uh, this week, just a couple days ago. Oh, I was thinking meters. It's 332 meters per second. <laughs> Not miles per did, did it make the Kessel run in 33 meters? Meters per second! <laughs> Not miles per hour, no. Hmm. So, on third, on, well, I guess technically Friday for us of this last weekend... Uh, Crown Tundra finally came out. Yes, and I've been burying myself in it. I have not. I haven't had time to really do it yet. But with it, we got a couple Pokemon that we didn't know we were going to get. We got the Ice-type Glastier and the Ghost-type Spectier. Uh, the two horses that Calyrex can uh, ride upon. Yeah. And you can only choose one in your version, unless you're me and have both versions. Because I'm a glutton for repetitiveness. Yeah. Uh, so if you want the breakdown of them, the the recommendation is to get the ghost type Spectre because it is a singularly singularly ghost type move set, which means that it doesn't have the additional type for weaknesses to even it out, whereas. Like a poison ghost would be neutral to psychic, etc. Right. It's only ghost. <clears throat> it's only ghost, which means that it's not affected by any fighting or normal type moves, and it's only weak to dark and buck. So, very good move set. Whereas the ice type Pokemon is it focuses more on defense, less on attack, and has the ice type weaknesses, but it is singularly ice type. Which you would also get with Reggie Ice, etc. Right. Um, I picked the Ice type just because I liked them riding the white horse. I'm going with... It reminded me of cocaine. I'm going with the ghost type horse because... Well, ghost type horse. But <laughs> I just realized you said cocaine. <laughs> get it? Ride the white horse. But uh, uh, what I've been reading online is the ghost type Pokemon is more relevant for PvP and for future date battles and stuff because of its oh. typing. It also has a, a more variety in its move pool than the Ice-type Pokemon does. And then we're going to talk about Cory's other failure. Cory, which one of Reggie Drago and Reggie Alecki did you get? I picked Reggie Drago. Which is by far the weaker one. It has a slightly more varied moveset, but its stats are significantly weaker, and he is very, very slow, apparently. Especially in comparison to Reggie Alecki. so yeah, and one of his moves slows his speed every time too. Really? Yeah. So he gets slower as you go. So the recommendation is to get Reggie Alecki if you're looking for PvP or anything like that. Plus the singular electric move typing is very good for a legendary. You can get that with Raikou, 
but Raikou has very, very low defense. Right, uh, Regieleki is a little bit more even-tempered, even though it doesn't have anywhere near the special attack power that Reggie or uh, that Raikou has. Yeah, but he doesn't turn into a big dragon head and shoot laser beams. He does not. He's a giant electric ball that shocks you to death. Bzz, bzz. Yeah, but not a big dragon head that shoots laser <laughs> beams. <laughs> you might be able to tell, I choose Pokemon just on which ones I think look cooler. If you don't want to have to make these choices, buy both versions of the game and both DLCs. No. The combination, by the time this podcast comes out, the game with both DLCs should be available on shelves in GameStops, Walmarts, Targets, etc. In unrelated Pokemon news, somebody at CBR finally figured out that Ash's name might infer that he's going to be a professor when he grows up. Well, that makes sense. He's a wood. Yeah. I had that figured out with episode one. <laughs> I never realized that. <laughs> yeah. I never put that together myself. Oh. Yeah. But I never really cared that much either. No, it was one of those... Well, oh, he's going to grow up to be a professor. He's literally tutored under every single Pokemon professor there's been. So yeah. Oh, well, I, Willow. I had another one of those Poplar. those moments <laughs> like that uh, about two days ago reading something that I will mention later. Or I can mention it now. It's up to you guys. Yeah, okay. don't leave me hanging. I... Um, Rush's last album, Clockwork Angels, has a clock on the cover. And the time on the clock is 12 minutes after 9, which in military time is 21.12, which was Rush's breakout hit right. when they were an early band. Oh, that's clever. Yeah, I never yeah. really paid attention that, oh, there's a clock on there, no big deal, and I never really noticed what time it set on there. And it was like a, yeah, it's that's clever. And then the Foreshadowing. Yeah. Sign of quality entertainment, folks. And in any Rush order, I used to write code 21.12 on it. Nobody got it. Oh, got the package or got the? No, they got the package. Oh, okay. No, well, on the package, we were order, yeah, yeah, but nobody ever got it. And That's sad. Ghosts have invaded Pokemon Go with new types of evolution. That's why I'm bringing that up. We've got some finally have some clever evolutionaries like uh, Galarian Farfetched with the ten excellent cur or the ten excellent throws and right. Galarian Yamask with the ten raid wins, dividing the community a little bit. I've seen some people pretty angry about it, but yeah, I've. What doesn't divide the community yeah. anymore? Yeah. Oh, politics. That's right. Wait, That's something wait, we wait, can all wait, agree wait, on. Wait, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all I have in the news. Good news. You guys have anything that I missed? Eh, not really. I kind of just leave it up to you, but I guess I should start contributions, yeah. making contributions one of these times. It's fine. As long as I'm covering everything you guys are happy with, I'm good. Yeah. Oh, uh, Mandalorian's coming out. Did we say that? It'll be well, out already. by the time you see this. Yeah. By the time you hear this. If you see this, there's go a, see your doctor. There's a reason I didn't talk about Mandalorian yet. Corey, what do you have over there? Ooh, ah. Let's see here. We've got... Star Wars, the Mandalorian character bag clip. We've got mystery minifigures from the Mandalorian. Ooh. For this week's edition of What's in the Box. Looks like it features... Oh, there's an exclusive. 
an exclusive, Ooh. The Child in the Pod. I know what that one is. And the other one I'm guessing is Mandalorian in some kind of armor variation. Yeah. <clears throat> and then... Blurg. What's Blurg? Blurg is the giant frog thingy that they rode on. Oh, yeah. And then the armorer is the armorer. Yeah. Cara Dune, IG-11. Pretty much all the hits from the show. Apollo Grief Karga. I can't do this. This is saying 4+. Plus. And a Jawa. I got a thing with ears. Ooh, the child has ears. Someone thinks these are snacks being opened. Would you like to eat the child, Ringo? Eat the child, Ringo. Eat the child, Baco. Open the damn bag, Frank. I can rename them. I can rename the dogs. Cammy got the Barog. The Barog. Blurred. Blurred. Yeah, these don't have notches. <laughs> yeah. Stabby, stabby. Thank you. I don't get mad. I, I got ears too. Dabby. Also the child. Frank got a baby. You can tell he's a child. He doesn't stand up. He just falls over. <laughs> Ooh. I got the armorer. Frank is a proud parent. Again. Oh, that's Rocky and Bullwinkle. Sorry. This is the way. This is the way. So, Frank, you got pretty much the only character you know of from The Mandalorian. Yes. That's kind of cool. <coughs> and Corey got the only character from The Mandalorian that he probably wanted to see naked. I don't know. What's the... What is her name? Cara Dune? Yeah. I mean, she's pretty beefy, but I'd look... <laughs> okay Frank you're up and Apollo okay. Creed what's in the bag here well we have a really really beat up set of pops but that's why I got them cheap it's Kang and Kodos from the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror the box looks like it was run over a couple of times yeah. but the pops are pretty neat I would probably just scrap the box yeah. at that point I'm just taking yeah. They look they like need... they glow in the dark. They're supposed to. Yeah. I haven't really looked yet. Just take them out, throw them in a blacklight box. Well, yeah, I thought, why not? They're cool. Yeah. I didn't know they existed till just now. Yeah, that's the problem. I find out these things exist. <laughs> then I have to buy them. <laughs> they should have their... Uh... Clinton and Bob Dole costumes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got Captain Adam from DC Comics, who arrived really fast because I think I ordered him Friday. Wow, that's a quick turnaround. Yeah. Um, we've got some of the Looney Tunes DC crossovers. We have Sylvester as Batman. Which I think looks really, really cool. Yeah, it does. 
And Bugs Bunny as Superman, but I think they should have beefed him up a little bit. He looks a little... Little scrawny. Yeah. Um, I was also looking into Daffy Duck as Super Duck, but he's a little expensive. How come Bugs and Daffy are both both super? Daffy Duck is Super Duck? That was an older pop. He okay. is in one of the costumes. Oh. Did you want the Taz one? Because the Taz one's in stores. Or are you not going to get the whole set? I think I have the Taz one, actually. <laughs> I okay. think I did buy that. I didn't buy the Cyborg one. Wiley is Cyborg. Um, the Wonder Woman one isn't out yet, but I'm not sure if I'm going to get that either. Um, for some reason, I decided to get the Rocky and Bullwinkle ones because I wanted to get a Natasha. Then I decided to get the whole set. Uh, here's Fearless Leader and Boris Badenoff. <laughs> I think they just look like kind of cool. He's even a short one. Boris is cool. Um, have another one in there. Let's oh, there he is. Bullwinkle. He's going to pull a rabbit out of his hat. Mm. Must have been the wrong hat. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> this um, is better pull a rabbit out of your hat than your anus. No, if there's a rabbit in your anus, pull it out. <laughs> you probably don't want him there. Yeah. Uh, these two I got the other day. I didn't notice I was going for a tongue theme. We have Jabba the Hutt and the Roadrunner, and they're both sticking out their tongues. It's because the Jabba sees the Roadrunner and says, mm-hmm. Or because Leia's choking him to death. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the only problem I had with that movie was Jabba's don't eat frogs. If you read up on them, that's, frogs are not part of their diet. What? <laughs> who de- yeah, who decided that? We were coming out of the, um, they would have movies in like the 400, 500 seat theater or uh, auditorium at at Pitt, the one auditorium. And my one friend comes out there saying, you know, the only thing about that movie I didn't like was Jabba's Don't Eat Frogs. And the people were just looking at him like, like you sounded like you just did to me. (laughs) He he was giving a spoiler there. Uh, This is another one uh, from the 40th. Well, this no, this is the Smuggler's Bounty, actually. It's Jedi when R2-D2 was the drinks tray. That's awesome. That's cool. R2-D2, what are you doing here? I can see you're serving drinks, but what are you doing here? And I got these the other day at Wally World. Uh, They're uh, both exclusives. One is Magneto, and one is a flocked beast. Ooh. You know, I saw another exclusive at Walmart today. Oh, I like that only his beard, hair, yeah. and eyebrows are flocked. The rest uh-huh. of them isn't. The rest of them uh, isn't, yeah. right. And last but not least, after the snafu I had with the original person I was trying to buy these with, I got them from someone else. They're Dinky, they're Pinky, and the Brain. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. Nice. So you had to get try for them twice, huh? Yeah, apparently I got an email from the person who I originally was going to buy them from saying, you're going to get a different package in the mail. And lo and behold, the next day I got a big Harley Quinn figure. <laughs> he says he mailed the, got the mailing mixed up. And, okay, so he we arranged it. I sent them back, and he said he still had not heard from the other guy. Now, if you were expecting a Harley Quinn figure and you got Pinky in the Brain pops, wouldn't you want your Harley Quinn figure? 
No, when you compare the price of the Holly Quinn figure to the price of the Pinky and the Brain Pops. Uh, I guess, but... Or maybe so, it was something he never knew he wanted. Well, that could be. But I got a refund, and these only ended up costing about $5 more through another seller, so... But that's what I got in the box today. So no, I, I saw another exclusive at Walmart today. They have a solid gold colored ray. I saw that. Similar to the solid gold uh, Kylo Ren that I've got kicking around here. Not Kylo Ren, uh, Darth Maul. Perhaps, yes. He's kicking around here somewhere. Because I don't have enough pops. <laughs> I know, I look at the picture I took of my new shelf and did you see my wall yeah <laughs> i look at frank's wall that's just sitting there because i wanted to see what it would look like and if they would stand like peter's that. alcove of pops <laughs> <laughs> yeah i need more room for pops yeah <laughs> something you don't want to say but we'll be right back after these honey messages <laughs> announcements smooth like Colt 45 Peter here with wait wait what are you doing what's the problem uh that with your voice yeah weird I'm being smooth like honey honey like the super cool honey contest we're recording an ad for right now yes and you're just being weird about it do you really have to do that with your voice well no but Exactly. Uh, Honey searches for the best promo codes to apply to your online transactions. Download Honey on your computer or laptop by going to joinhoney.com backslash besthoneyad. Yes, Honey works so smooth. He's right, Corey. Honey works so smoothly. Ah, I give up, but I won't give up saving with Honey. Go to joinhoney.com backslash besthoneyad. We'll post a link in the description and on Discord. Again, joinhoney.com backslash besthoneyad and start saving today. Okay, you said I was going to get an Emmy for this. Where's my Emmy? I want my Emmy. Welcome back to Metahex Podcast. I go by Mr. Sanchez. Whatever. I'm Frank. Like a dirty Sanchez? Claudio. Claudio Sanchez. I don't know that one. Lead singer of uh, Coheed and Cambria. Oh. Ah, that's something to do with music, isn't it? It is. Oh, I thought it was comic books. Oh, or both. <laughs> it's a dessert topping. It's a floor wax. It's both. New <laughs> shimmer. All right, raise your hands if you actually heard that routine before. Is it uh, Saturday Night Live? Yep, early Saturday Night Live. Yeah. My favorite from them was a uh, Happy Fun Ball. I don't Do not taunt Happy Fun Ball. Happy Fun Ball may stick to certain skin types. <laughs> no, Happy Fun Ball is great. It's like this, uh, you know, this ball that you throw it and it kind of go crazy stuff, right? But then they have this whole list of disclaimers about Happy uh. Fun Ball. <laughs> And they're going on about this stuff, and then right in the middle of it, do not taunt Happy Fun Ball. <laughs> oh, I crack up every time. Well, I have a feeling we're probably going to see it after this, or we might be seeing it right now. I don't know. 
We'll be back in one minute. <laughs> well, you won't know that because we're going to edit it out. Anyway, now that we're all fully aware of what the happy fun ball is, this week we're talking about music. Which is probably going to devolve into us talking about our three favorite musicians. Respectively, three favorites. Yeah, which, I can see yeah, that yeah. happening. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're what drive us. I mean, we've all made references to them multiple times. Yeah, sometimes they, we drive to them. Yes. Yes. So we'll, we'll just start with a very vague thing. Peter, what are your favorite bands? Uh, number one is Coheed and Cambria. Number two is Red Hot Chili Peppers. And number three is a band called Anne Berlin, which is kind of a soft rock band. Corey? They're, are they related to Berlin? No. Oh. Berlin, the uh, theme yeah. song to Top Gun and all that. Oh, there's also a band by that name. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're the same people. Okay. Now, Anne yeah. Berlin was, they're broken up now, but they were a, uh, they were a not Christian rock, Christian rock band, but they were very soft rock-ish. Like, they were on, like, that new wave cafe rock, like, in the early Berlin kind of was. Yeah. For the mid-80s. Yeah, this was a more modern, but they put out... It's like Berlin's daughter. They put out about 15 albums. Um, you know, album a year. They made their tours. They never really got too, too big, but they had a lot of really good songs with clever lyrics, and that's what I look for in my music. Oh. Your favorite band, Corey? <clears throat> also with clever lyrics. Um, first and foremost, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, their lyrics... Well, really, I guess the two founding members that are still with the group are the reason I really like the group. Uh, Anthony Kiedis for his lyrics and Flea for his bass lines. Uh, number one, uh, two Beastie Boys. I've always dug them. They, well, they're not around anymore since MCA's died of throat cancer. But, uh... I don't know what number three might be. Um, I don't know. Always a toss-up with number three. You're a very well-rounded appreciator of music, though. So. Oh, you, and that's probably what makes it hard. If you look at my playlist, it has everything from Johnny Cash to, uh, well, right now, Childish Gambino. <laughs> <laughs> We really got to get Donald Glover on this show. <laughs> and Frank. Um, Frank's well, on it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rush, of course. Yes. That's, that's my number one. I tend to go towards prog bands. Um, yes. They're little green hoppy things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yes, Genesis. Oh, uh, yes. Saga. Canadian group, uh, Kansas, uh, Moody Blues, not quite prog, but they were kind of ahead of their time with what they were doing. I think they were, they were the first band I ever saw live was Moody. the Moody Blues. I was like 10 years old. It was at Astro World in Houston. Astro World doesn't even exist anymore. But uh, they had a show at the Starlight Amphitheater in Astroworld and we just happened to be at the park and it was free admission for anybody who had admission to the park. The park was closing, the concert was starting, so it's all the Moody Blues. Was it just them or did they have an orchestra with them? There may have been, I don't know. I was like 10. 
because um, there's a bootleg CD, and I believe it is Starlight Amphitheater. Oh, well, then... And um, they've got an orchestra backing them up, and the arrangements are just so different Did than what they normally... they do Nights in White Satin? Oh, they always do. Yeah. yeah. Well, but That's uh, what I remember from it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I was, like, ten. I don't think I was even ten. I was probably eight or nine. Yeah. But it's so that like... that was the one song I knew from them. Uh-huh. Yeah, it wasn't like their more recent stuff with orchestras where they're just backing them up and it sounds like the songs. These had, mm -hmm. these sounded way different. Um, I did see them in concert, too. I saw them probably about uh, 25 years ago or so up at Civic Arena. I'm not, I don't recall the exact circumstances, but they had a twin set of drums up there. Huh. I don't think the drummer was having any problems at that point, but they just had two drummers going, and it was kind of cool. But, um, yeah, Rush is my all-time favorite. I've probably seen them about six times. I think I've seen the Chili Peppers eight? Eight times? Hmm. I've never seen Coheed and Cambria live. The one, they did the Never Ender concert in New York, and I really wanted to go to that. I think I was still up in Connecticut when the Oh, Never it should Ender. still be going on. <laughs> if it's not ending, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Never Ender was a four-day-long concert, where each night they did the complete set of an album. Oh, wow. Live. And, like, with Rush, from what I know of Rush, when you go to a Coheed and Cambria concert, you're not just listening to Coheed and Cambria. The entirety of Coheed and Cambria is within a, its own universe. Like, there's actually a story that that unites all the albums together. Right. Um, and that's the comic books. <coughs> um, it's basically a space opera. Um, there are lines from I've this... I've seen a space opera before. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably why I like them so much. I mean... Their out their their music itself is completely different. Like Second Stage Turbine and In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth Three, which are their first two albums, are very grungy and punk music ish. Mm -hmm. And then Good Apollo on Burning Star Four, which was a two part album, Good Apollo on Burning Star Four and Good Apollo on Burning Star Four Part Two, were very new metal ish. And then they put out The Black Rainbow, which was a novel that they did a, a, a company novel with, which was a prequel to the other four albums. And that one is very, like, traditional metal and ballads. <clears throat> and then they did um, My Prize Fighter Inferno, which was, they actually did under a separate band, but it's part of the same universe. Inferno was Coheed and Cambria's brother in the comics. Um, Coheed and Cambria were married, but mm -hmm. all three of them were created in a lab. Coheed is the beast, Cambria is the mind, and Inferno is the master. Okay. Um, Coheed can literally... So brother and sister got married. Bro brother and sister fell in love, and then their pasts were erased from their minds and then their entire life was created and overwritten into their minds. Oh. So they were originally designed to be freedom fighters and then when the doctor's wife was murdered 
by the dragonflies. She had created dragonflies, which could sting people. Um, Andrew, the guy who was basically ruling over the entire keystone, like, there's this whole thing about it. Like, the keystone is these planets in a triangle shape, and they transfer power from one another, so there's an endless source of power between the, the planets. But it also allows you to travel from planet to planet. He took these dragonflies and installed and genetically modified a disease into them that just started wiping out humanity. So mm-hmm. he, only the people he wanted to survive could survive. But the dragonflies were designed to spread cures. <clears throat> so We could use them. Yeah. Yeah. Rush isn't that COVID in Cambria. Quite like that. Um each album has an overall theme, but it's nothing like an overall story from album to album. Right. Yeah. But when you go to a Rush concert, like you're not just listening to the music, you're seeing everything play out on stage too. Mm. Not to uh, not to that extreme, I would think, right. yeah. But it, you know, sometimes it's... you watch the popcorn pop, sometimes you watch the laundry, and sometimes you watch the chickens cook. <laughs> I'm deadly Sometimes serious. the chickens cook for a long time. Yes. Um, as they were saying, to um, equal out the guitar side's wall of amps, uh, Getty would have things in the background on the bass thing. Um, he'd have laundry machines, washing machines going. Uh, the one tour, they had rotisserie chicken going. Now, I'm assuming that it wasn't really cooking, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> Since it didn't turn black and start smoking, yeah. Frank can't tell if the chicken was cooking or not. That's right. Yes, yeah, so they probably could open the doors to get the chicken out in case yeah. of emergency. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he would have all sorts of weird things going on, popcorn poppers and things like that. That's funny. Mm-hmm. I like the story of where he got the name Getty. Yeah, his grandmother could not pronounce his name. Right. She had a, uh, what, Polish? Strong Polish accent? I and believe, couldn't yeah. say Gary. Mm-hmm. So it came out as Getty. Yep. But, uh... Just makes you, I don't know. I, yeah. I like the, I like the, the visual of an old Polish grandmother for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It offsets the giant inflatable rabbits they had on the one tour. <laughs> what? Uh, the cover of their Presto album had it was rabbits in a magician's hat, and for the tour they just had these two huge inflatable rabbits on each side of the set. <clears throat> hmm. So they are known for their comedy. You know, they they are quirky. How's that sound? Unique. Yes. But um, a little history. Um, their first album didn't really do well. It was just very much local until a um, radio station in Cleveland, uh, one of the people, Donna Halper, the musical director, picked it up and started playing it a lot. Um, that was their single, Working Man, was on there, and that kind of got them in the in the public limelight. Haha, <laughs> pun on one of their songs. Um, <laughs> thank you, Corey. Um, got them noticed with that. If it wasn't for her, they probably would not have become what they were because they were the first album critics were saying was just very derivative of Led Zeppelin. And when you hear Getty sing, yes, know. he does have that uh, screech to yeah. it. But he doesn't sound anything to me like uh, well, Robert the, Plant. The overall music was. You I, know, I the, still don't know. 
the kind of rockish the tempo changes yeah. and stuff like that um that was the only album recorded with their original drummer john rutsey um he left the band right before they started touring because he was diabetic and it just did not work out with the road and stuff like that i mean this was back um you know in 1974 and so he was having a lot hey, of problems I was almost born yeah how about that so they uh, auditioned <laughs> and got a replacement. I was Neil gestating. Mm. And he basically joined the band two weeks before their first tour with them. So, And it was in the Civic Arena, opening for uh, a couple other bands, Uriah Heep and Manford Man's Earth Band. That's one of my uncle's favorite bands, Uriah Heep. Mm -hmm. But that's a little history of the beginnings of Rush. It's... You know, I hear Working Man a lot on mm -hmm. uh, one of the local radio stations. Mm -hmm. Not to this side of the mountain, but the other. Do they play the entire, like, seven-minute version? Yeah. Like, cool. Yeah, but they piss me off every time that they pl they keep saying they're playing Brain Stew and Jaded and only play Brain Stew. Green Day. Okay. It's one of those double songs, like... Yeah. Uh, Day in the Life, Sgt. Pepper. Right, or, you know... Boulevard we of Broken rock. Dreams, Jesus. Yeah, we will rock you. Uh, we are the champions. We are the champions. And uh, Led Zeppelin, Ramble On, and Living, Loving Woman are always supposed to be played together. And they always say it, that they're playing both and only play the first one. And it drives me nuts. <laughs> Green Day is another. Yeah, they're somewhere in my top something. 25, 10, I don't know. But they're a cool one. Rush was pretty prolific with their albums. They had, uh, I believe, 20 albums, uh, studio albums, and about 10 uh, concert, live concert albums oh. and, and quite a number of DVDs. Um, that's one of these bands that, if you're into bootlegs, knock yourself out, because there's hundreds of bootleg recordings from all their concerts. Kind of like the Grateful Dead. Yeah, yeah. And um, I have to say I do have quite a few that I was able to get off of YouTube before they started having a crackdown on that. Well, I but, like what uh, the Grateful Dead did with theirs. Uh, whoever this dick person is that would record their concerts and then sell them, they actually then licensed them and you get Dick's Picks albums that are Grateful Dead concerts. Hmm. Someone else did that. I'm trying to think what band it was that, you know, as you're going in, you can actually order a CD of that night's concert and you'd get it like an hour after the show. Oh, wow. Yeah. I know Pearl Jam has a series of live concerts that they mm -hmm. recorded and put out and they were all in uh, like brown cardboard sleeves yeah. so it didn't look like pro professionally produced mm -hmm. albums but one of them was here at State College yeah Todd Rundgren had a few like that you can order concerts um, and I wish I could remember what band that was that did that neither here nor there but yeah if you're into bootlegs there's quite a few Rush bootlegs out there it's cool yeah that's not something I've ever, not a rabbit hole I've ever driven. Mm -hmm. People would sell them at, you know, concerts and stuff like that, too. Um, some of them were actually from the soundboard, which was, you know, yeah. 
Nice. I got to watch a Chili Pepper concert from the soundboard. Mm-hmm. Um, I was friends with the the uh, record label representative. She'd come into our store all the time, and you know I'd talk with her. And she uh, called me up one time. She's like, "You got tickets for the Chili Pepper concert?" I was like, "Well, you know I do." She's like, "Sell them. Meet me there. I got something better for you." Like, all right, so uh, we sell our tickets and show up there, and she's outside waiting for us. She has these lanyards. We get to wear the lanyards and walk right up to the sound stage, sit there, and it's for the Stadium Arcadium tour. And this was a tour that they had the giant LCD screens that ran up behind the stage and then halfway across the ceiling. And this was in the Toyota Center where the, the Houston Rockets played basketball. So uh, we get to watch the entire show from the sound stage. And the opening act was Gnarls Barkley, if you know, uh, CeeLo Green and Danger Mouse. Uh, it was actually a great show. But uh, Chili Peppers come out and the back lights up and the ceiling lights up. And, you know, we're here at the sound stage and this is where all the light and sound of the show is focused here. And uh, while we're sitting there waiting for the Chili Peppers to come on, uh, Anthony Kiedis' dad walks up and joins us on the sound stage. Yeah, I can kind of kick myself because I saw Rush's farewell tour down in Virginia and I had to work that day, and that was kind of the closest place that I could get tickets. And I was hemming and hawing, and I really didn't get a ticket till like a week before. And I was looking at the um, what was available, and there was a ticket right next to the soundboard. Oh, that'd have been and, a good receipt. Yeah, and I still wasn't sure I was going to go or not. And I did get—I got a decent ticket. I mean, it wasn't bad the one I got, but yeah, I could have been right there too. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. It's a different experience to see a concert from, you know, the point of view of the person actually controlling mm-hmm. the light and sound of the concert. You know, they're they're positioned right where they can see and hear all of it. Mm-hmm. So, getting to watch it from their point of view is actually it was different. It was nice. Yep. Yeah, I don't have any cool stories like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I've seen you know your. Growing up in Connecticut, we had a lot of fairs, like... Insurance. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of insurance. Um, We had fairs, and, like, we would get the older bands Mm -hmm. that would come through. But none of those were really remarkable, because it was just basically a grandstand, and they'd play out, and, you know, no show was really more in particular than another one. Um, I don't know. Some of those are fun, like uh, state fairs, and you see stuff like uh, who was at this? Oh no! Like I grew up in a country music area. Oh yeah, like but there's always old hair bands at these. I've seen Fraley's Comet at the Allentown Fairgrounds. Nice. (laughs) Like uh, was it Great White that was at uh, at the Grange last year? one of our friends keeps talking about seeing Firehouse at whatever fire company's festival. White Snake burned down one of the um, bars in 
Rhode Island. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. sure did. Yeah. Pyrotechnics. Yeah. I think four people died. Yeah. Yeah, that was about 20 miles from where I grew up. It wasn't far away. <laughs> um, but uh, when I was in high school, my uncle took me to um, Nickelback, Three Doors no, I'm Down. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Nickelback Uncles can be cruel. <laughs> <laughs> Nickelback, Three Doors Down, and Puddle of Mud. Alright, it starts out with disappointment, but it ends Well, strong. Nickelback was headlining. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and in sorrow. lead singer of Puddle of Mud was so drunk he physically couldn't stand. Oh. So. But he did sing. I can't say I wouldn't drink myself into a stupor he, if I had He to. did end up singing Ozzy Osbourne in the middle of his set, though. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Um, Not expected. Three Doors Down, I mean, it was basically, they only had one album at that point. Mm -hmm. And Nickelback, it was their uh, The Long Road, their third album. Just when they were starting to get really, really repetitive. Oh. Yeah. So, I I was 15. You know. Um, So that was my first real concert. And then... For uh, Christmas one year, I bought all of my friends' tickets to Hinder, which was at the Gecko Center in Hartford, which was... Uh, it's an insurance general... company, isn't it? Yeah, but this was for Sobe T, <laughs> the Sobe Gecko. Ah, okay. Yeah. And it was all general, a general admission show. Mm-hmm. I got a couple guitar picks and a drumstick from that. Oh, cool. Um, but, I mean, it was like music up in Connecticut is a whole bunch of bands coming out of Boston because Boston has such a huge music scene. Mm. So Aerosmith is from Boston. You get New Kids on the Block is from Boston. Don't confuse the two. They're so similar. Yeah. I don't know if Boston is from Boston. Boston is from Boston. <laughs> um, so is Chicago from Chicago? I'm not sure. Kansas isn't from Kansas. I don't know. But when you are you go to a concert up in Connecticut, um, I, I don't know if it's like that anywhere, but the smaller venues, and this is a smaller venue because it's all general admission, uh, the venue secures the opening acts, and then the headliner comes in, does their set, and leaves. Right. So you get, like, three opening acts of bands that you've never heard of before. <laughs> and that's just what it was. Just a bunch of people bouncing around on the... Basically, you have your opening acts and people are just bellied up to the bar at the back of the venue. And then when the opening act... Or when the headliner comes up, they all come down and start bouncing around and then everybody just leaves after the song they want to hear, please. Because, you know, Hinder had one song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but $18 tickets. So not bad. Yeah. I mean the first time I saw the Chili Peppers was for uh Blood Sugar their fifth album. And they were playing over at the Bryce Jordan Center. And they had two bands that we hadn't heard of yet opening for them. Smashing Pumpkins and Pearl Jam. <laughs> <laughs> And this was before Gish and Ten had came out. 
and Gish was a terrible album. If you ever listen to Smashing Pumpkins, don't listen to their first album. Start with a what is their popular one? Um, Siamese Dream. Never listen to Gish. And Pearl Jam 10 is freaking amazing. But a friend of mine went to the restroom and he's in there taking a leak and uh, this guy walks up to him and he's like, hey, how'd you like the show? And he's like, oh yeah, they're pretty good. Well, here, here's a, a, a set of our music. He had got from Eddie Vedder an original demo of 10 on cassette. Wow. And recorded it over oh. before the album was released. Holy shit. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was a... Stupidest moment in your life. Yeah, it was one of those things that, you know, we had heard it then, and I was like, do you still have that tape? And he gets this look on his face. No, you don't even want to know. <laughs> What'd you do? I recorded over it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So he had an original <clears throat> Pearl Jam demo tape. I had a chance to and was unable to go to a concert for... Uh, uh, he does all the music himself. Beck. No. Heavier. Does everything on a piano, then hires his band when he goes on tour. I feel like an idiot for not being able to remember <laughs> right now. Yeah. Uh, is it Beck? Yeah. <laughs> That's the only one I can think of. I'll take really vague questions for a thousand, Alex. <laughs> no. It, once I say the band, it, it's just gonna you're gonna like bash yourself. Like, oh my god, yes, but. For some reason, it, I can't. Yes, I, I, I keep thinking of Tool, Moby. and it's not Tool. No, no, Tool is Maynard's main band, but it's comprised of members from Pucifer and uh, A Perfect Circle. Hmm. I think I've been kind of lucky. I've seen just about all my favorite bands in concert yeah. at one point Tool. or another. I've seen A Perfect Circle. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw Clutch. Oh, I went to a show. It was, uh, No Doubt, Jurassic 5, and Bush. Okay. Of course, then later, Gavin Rosdale and Gwen Stefani got married. But Jurassic 5, right in the middle of it. <laughs> so, um, maybe they were the middle? Maybe they were the opening act? No Doubt. Yeah, Jurassic 5, No Doubt, mm. Bush. Yeah, I think I saw one Rush show where they actually had an opening act. And then the rest of the time it was just them for three hours yeah, or so. Yeah, their concerts are more epic. I mean, yeah. who has time for an opening act? Mm -hmm. I saw Rage Against the Machine at mm -hmm. the Compact Center. And they blew the roof off that place. Mm -hmm. That was one of the most energetic concerts I've ever mm -hmm. been to. Deep Purple was interesting. Saw them when they started making their comeback in the 80s. Uh, fourth song, everything just went dead. Uh, they, <laughs> they blew something and like, there's no sound, no lights. Was it a 50 amp fuse? Probably. Or is that the Rolling yeah. Stones? Oh, I don't know. Whoop. But, uh, yeah. 
I'm literally looking through lists of bands. You know, one to... of the uh, uh, just a fun kind of off the wall thing at the the uh, barbecue cook-off before the Houston rodeo, uh, we saw Loverboy play. Hmm. And this was, you know, this was in the 2000s, and here's Loverboy, an 80s band. Yeah. You know, playing a concert for the, you know, chili cook-off. Hmm. <laughs> but it, it was one of those fun things. I mean, it's a... The nostalgia, you get the... Yeah. Old hair band and... But it's fun to see things like that. Mm-hmm. And that was just that was free because the company I worked for printed the tickets for it, so we were then given tickets to use ourselves. Yeah. Well, I saw it was a Oreo Speedwagon, Sticks, and Journey were touring together. Oh yeah, like about ten plus years ago. Saw that, and it's like you know. Different because they weren't the same bands anymore because, you know, the singers changed or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it didn't bother me. I'm not like the radical people who say, you know, oh, yes isn't yes because John Anderson's not the lead singer anymore. Blah, blah, blah. They're a bunch of phonies. It's like, uh, you know, you're seeing the band with, you know, original members who are still around or, you know, you can't say really that, you know, they they just kind of rotate people in and out, basically, so, you know. Or even with the Chili Peppers, the mm-hmm. only two really original members mm-hmm. are Anthony and Flea. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chad and John both came on for uh, Mother's Milk. Mm-hmm. They didn't join the band to the fourth album. The, uh, like the original guitarist, Hillel, mm-hmm. died. The original drummer, Jack Irons, became the drummer for Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. And then you know, after, since it's been Anthony, Flea, John, and Chad, John's left the band twice now. Like Dave Navarro from Jane's mm-hmm. Addiction has played with them. Uh, this last guy, uh, Josh, uh, I forget Josh's last name, but uh, John had taught him just like everything he knew about playing guitar. <laughs> so Josh took over for like two albums and then uh, <laughs> which were the last two albums and then I guess John had reached out to the band again and says hey I want to make another album mm-hmm. and they just have always had such a chemistry such you yeah. know, organic songwriting that they said yeah come on Yeah back. the hate is not there. Right. Because right now I mean well, we use Yes as an example. Um, the original member would have been uh, the bass player, and he passed away a couple of years ago. Bill uh, Squire, Chris Squire, um, John Anderson, the singer, when they had their little falling out, hmm. you know, they would have been the only two. But I mean, uh, guitar, drums, and keyboard have all been in the band before, right? You know, and it's not like they're you know a cover band i mean these are original these are members who have served their time on the band but you know people who say it's not yes without john anderson it's like well it's still yes it's doesn't he go by neo now i'm not sure (laughs) mr anderson mr anderson oh (laughs) but uh 
Actually, my favorite Yes album didn't have John Anderson in it. I like Drama as the best, you know, one of the ones that's got a harder edge to it. Because that's when uh, they were putting it together. Uh, yes had broken up. Uh, they were forming a new band called Cinema. I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, this is when they got the lead singer and the keyboard player, the Buggles, oh, coming right in, doing that. Um, and the first song to ever play on MTV. Yes, Video Killed the Radio Star. Um, but it had a really stronger, you know, darker edge to it. Than... Well, I mean, they, they write songs about killers. Do they? Yeah, because Video Killed the Radio Star. Oh, oh. Well, I think this was more pretty much done before they came in <laughs> um but drama didn't do as well as you know they thought the band took a hiatus again we're coming back as cinema they got uh trevor raven raven as guitar player and anderson heard some of the demos and he wanted to join back again and they did and long story short and then they had a little falling out <clears throat> of sorts and it happens, but you can't expect oh, I mean, these bands to stay. With, uh, Van Halen. Oh yeah. You know, they had the falling out mm -hmm. with uh, what's his name? <laughs> David Lee Roth. David Lee Roth. Yeah. yeah. And became Van Hagar. Yes. But that's one of those, you know, classic rock bands that you hear mm -hmm. all the time, and I just don't understand anybody's love of Van Halen. I liked Van Hagar more, actually. <laughs> um, Van Sharon, I really didn't listen to because no. it was just one of those like, okay, one album didn't do as well as anything else, so we're not giving them a chance. Right. It's kind of what happened to Genesis when Phil Collins left. Yeah. Calling All Stations is a pretty decent album, but people were saying, oh, it just sounds like a Mike and the Mechanics album. Well, you don't give the new guy a chance, but I can hear Phil Collins singing those songs. You know, they're not going to be top ten radio songs like he yeah. turned into, but I don't I don't really like Phil Collins without Genesis. I don't no, like it's his... it's too poppy. Yeah. But it's I just, mean well it's sappy really. Yeah. I mean I like the concept of him with the band. Yeah. You know, ten piece orchestra type thing playing behind him, you know, the horns and everything, mm -hmm. but Yeah. Um yeah, I liked his his earlier Genesis when he took over as singer. Right. Until they started doing well, the hit machine. Peter Gabriel. Yeah. But the one or two albums right when he, Phil Collins was still was lead singer. It's bothering me that I can't find out remember this band. It's like uh industrial metal. Nine inch nails. Yes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, if I had a gold star, I'd give it to you, Corey. I'm impressed. How about we just put a command adhesive on your forehead? Right, nine Inch Nails is the epitome. It is the definition of industrial, industrial. metal. No, the, if you want say industrial to anybody, and they'll be like Nine Inch Nails. Huh. Well, anyway, the lead singer of Nine Inch Nails does Trent all the music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does all the music. And he's he... from Mercer, PA. Yeah. 
So we should get him on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll sign right up for that. Yeah. Oh, uh, what was the name of his first band? They were more of a new wave, and he was just the keyboardist for it. Um. And they're like completely unheard of. Did they play I Wanna <clears throat> You Like an Animal? No, they did not. Okay. That's closer. So we had a chance, I had a chance to go see With Teeth, the album, that tour. Um, up in Connecticut. And, you know, like, that was the hand that feeds, you know, like, it was their mm-hmm. biggest album for their modern stuff. And I know, Pretty Hate Machine is pretty, uh, Based on their album that had come out before that, you know, Fragile, which was uh, that's another good. Okay, they don't they don't put out bad music. I'm okay. just gonna put that out there. I'm like, no, I don't think it's worth eighty dollars to go see them. And I never went. Oh, yeah, so worth it. And then to the them. tour came out, and then the album came out, and like he was doing the tour. At that point, it was the pre-tour, where mm-hmm. you could go to the tour and get the album while you were there. Yeah. And I didn't go. Uh, that's a, That was a missed opportunity. I've wa- I don't, I've never been to one of their concerts, but I've watched uh, one of the concerts on, uh, what is that channel on cable? Um, Palladia. And to watch Trent up there just pouring water on keyboards as he plays them and then striking them with mic stands to make them make the noises that you hear on the album. Like, they're not accidental. Like, he knows how to make a keyboard scream. (laughs) And does it with precision. (laughs) But uh, I was going to school up near Erie in Edinburgh, and uh, friends and I were just bored one night, and he says, you know, Trent Reznor is from Mercer. Like, well, that's just right down the road. <laughs> you want to go see where he lived? <laughs> <laughs> so just middle Stalkers. of the night, we just hop in the car and... It's like, I don't even think it was an hour drive away from where we were. And, you know, we uh, the internet was still new, but you could look some things up. And we found out where he lived and drove by and we're like, oh, man, that's his old house. And then we went back. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> so the last thing that I want to say is about Coheed and Cambrian... They're comics, which I have the stack of all the comics that I've been able to get my hands on, because they're not easy comics to get your hands on. Um, the The first comics that they wrote, which I do have here, I have two of the three. Um, they sell for four or five hundred dollars. Wow! Because they were put out in limited numbers, they weren't ever picked up by the comic book companies. They were paid to publish. Um. <clears throat> The lines in the songs are actual lines in the comics. So, in Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3, they talk about repeated strikes to the young girl's head. 
mm-hmm. that's when Coheed and Cambria have to kill their daughter with a hammer by striking her repeatedly in the head with a hammer. That's not dark at all. <laughs> dark, 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 dark. Thank you. <laughs> um, you missed the first setup, Corey. Yeah, Again, Coheed and Cambria were basically brainwashed, and they had powers, and they had four children. Claudio is the only kid that survives the parents killing the kids because they're told by the government that if the kids don't die, the kids are going to kill more people. But in all reality, the kids had powers to save other people. Well, it turns out that the girl had a healing factor, so she didn't technically die, but her head was cracked open like a coconut. Hmm. Yeah. She needed an animantium skeleton. Hmm. Yeah. So to go with that healing factor. <clears throat> but I mean, we've all got the chance to talk about our favorite bands. Oh, and uh, if we want to tie in bands and comic books, uh, Orchid by Tom Morello, the guitarist for Rage Against the Machine, and uh, what was the band with the that he had with Chris Cornell? Um, Stone Sour. Audio Slave. Okay. Audio Slave is the band from Rage Against the Machine with a new singer. Zach had left to be political. And so Chris Cornell from Soundgarden was their singer. And then they Black were... Black Sun. Yes. Then uh, they were with um, Chuck D from Public Enemy and... Be Real from Cypress Hill joined the band of Rage Against the Machine and became uh, Prophets of Rage. But Tom Morello wrote a comic book called Orchid. And this was while he was doing his solo albums, The Night Watchman. So this and is... the, uh, the albums actually match up with the comics. Each comic tells you what tracks to listen to while you're reading the comic. So, um, our podcast is put on a streaming service. It's put on multiple streaming services. Mm. Um, but you can download us at iTunes, Google Play, you know, all that stuff. We don't really talk about that very often, but the re- we tend to lean people towards Spotify. When we post right. our link, we post on for Spotify on our Discord, and you repost that link on the Facebook channel. Yes. Um... With Spotify, we can make playlists that we can customize. So, by the time this podcast is released, there will be a playlist up of some curated songs, Humeta Hex recommended, that I will put together with suggestions from Corey and Frank. And we'll throw that playlist up, and you'll have access to it through the Humeta Hex podcast, or through the Humeta Hex podcast. Um, we'll also put a link to it on our Discord. And on Facebook. Yep. And to wrap things up, if you want to join our Discord, the link is always in the description of the podcast. So just click that description, find out what witticisms I had to post about that week, <laughs> and uh, click that join button and get in the conversation, because we put a lot of crap on our Discord, and I know there's more people listening than is on our Discord right now. Without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, we got... We got good stuff on there. Yeah. See what Frank's spending his money on. 
all these pops that he's describing. Yeah. <laughs> and we made Frank depressed. <laughs> yes, next week um, it's going to be a special topic. It's called Addiction and the People Who Enable Them. Because <laughs> um, Corey's not getting pops at all now, is he? No, I am, but yeah. uh, just not as frequently. Not as many. Not as insane. Not as insanely. Um, oh, yes. Actually, that is funny because, yeah, we're going to talk about going down the rabbit hole next week. I was just saying that as a joke, but that is pretty much but, what yeah, our actual yeah. topic is going to be. <laughs> um, so, yeah, look forward to that one. Uh, yeah, I, could, I probably spent about six house down payments this past month and a half on <laughs> Funko Pops. And I've kept our economy going single-handedly. So, um, <laughs> Seattle, yeah. thanks you. Yes. Yeah. So I think that's about it, because the dog is pushing me off the chair pretty much now at this point. So the, our studio audience is getting bored. <laughs> Until next week, have a great weekend. Bye. Until next time. Hey, I'm still Corey. I didn't say that this week. <laughs> <laughs>